0: Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to all the listeners as well. Narina, the market was generally strong yesterday, and although it did decline um, into close, but it seems as though the oil price is on a slippery slope. What's caused this latest slump because it's headed strongly towards $40?
1: Yes, indeed, Sakina, and I think the, this latest drought that we've seen in oil prices really comes on the back of OPEC deciding to effectively abandon the quotas. Um, they are really sort of throwing everything that they've got at this problem, trying to shake out the smaller and, and more marginal producers. We also have um, Iran coming back on stream in terms of its production, and it talks about um, being able to push its, its production levels to about 4 million barrels a day during twenty So all of this is really pointed to to lots of of excess supply and, and not nearly enough demand in terms of a sluggish world growth. Scenario. So we saw West Texas Intermediate, uh, sort of the benchmark oil price um, for the US, fall um, way below $40 a barrel. BRINS, which is one that we use more frequently in South Africa. Um, even there, we saw the prices go below $42 a barrel. Um, and, and of course, all of this um, is certainly bad news for oil-producing countries. And in that um, respect, I'm thinking of many of the African countries, such as Nigeria and Angola, who've really built a big part of their economy on exporting crude oil um, but it also points to to benefit for countries that are net importers of oil and i think in in that context the asian region has become one of the biggest importers of of oil um, and i'm not specifically referring to china but rather to to the rest of the asian region in particular um some of the of the southeast asian countries have really benefited to a large extent by the lower oil prices so we saw, for example, this morning the Japan, um, you know, their, their GDP numbers coming in better than expected. And certainly all of this has been assisted by um, lower imports, uh, import costs of, of oil. So as much as this is negative for oil producers, there's definitely a benefit of all of this to be had. I guess for us, um, at the end of the day, we look towards what impact it will have at the pump, you know, when we get to fill up our cars, does it, does it cost less? Mm. And I do think that it's been one of the big supporters in South Africa Amongst the very poor economic environment that we've actually had these these um, um, year-low um, oil prices in, in South Africa as well.
0: Indeed. And then the slowdown in China, that's been one of the major factors driving commodity prices lower this year, arena uh, But other factors, um, if, if, if you look at the strength of the U.S. dollar, how much longer must South Africa and other emerging markets endure this double whammy? Uh, will it ever turn around for us? <laughs>
1: Yes, it will, but when? 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 I think that is the, that's the call that we all make. And uh, maybe you know, rather than focus on when will commodity prices start rising again, when will the rand start recovering or um, or um, start strengthening again, maybe our focus is in the wrong place. And it should be about what can we actually do with these factors that are sort of double whammy negative in in, in our lives. Mm. And I think so often when the rand is weak, a lot of focus has been on Let's try and boost our export sectors of the market. But I think we've, we've certainly seen that, that clearly. Commodity exports have not been good because of the of the weakness in commodity prices. And I think we sometimes underestimate the potential strength that we can have in in terms of reducing our imports. We as South Africa still imports a lot of finished goods into our economy. And I think here's an opportunity for us really to focus our efforts in terms of the economy on sectors not so much for export purposes but rather on replacements um, in, in the domestic market. One of the things that just comes to mind is, is when I think of the locomotives that price as um, imported at great cost and, and not appropriate for South Africa. Um, you know, when you're looking at, at import replacement and import parity pricing, the, the much weaker RAND certainly allows opportunity within both the, the manufacturing and, and, and um, industries in South Africa but also in many other areas where we we rely on imports where we can really sort of try and replace those imports with domestically manufactured goods. And I think by, by focusing on the, on the import side of the equation, we can go a long way to, to maybe restoring um, some of the, the trade deficit that we've experienced in recent years.
0: Mm, indeed, and then um one of the big uh, company stories was the Steinhoff uh, story, and they've moved their primary listing from the JSE to Frankfurt yesterday. Talk to us about that. Is it good or bad news for uh, South African
1: investors? Yeah, talk about exporting. You know, we seem to be very effective at exporting our large industrial companies to global mm. markets. So uh, Steinhoff, the latest in a in a long list of South African companies that really represent a, such, a, such a, um, a feel-good South African story and and I guess um, you know as much as one sort of feels a little bit sad to lose the primary listing of a major South African company to an international market I do think it, it, it's um, on the one hand of course very um, very good to see that our companies are able to compete on the world, world stage so effectively but on the other hand specifically for South African investors also I do think that this sort of listing provides access to broader capital markets it brings that access to capital at a lower price it it's Therefore, is, is generally beneficial for all sh- all shareholders, including the South African shareholders. So, yes, um, yesterday was really just the culmination of a process that was um, announced probably a good 18 months ago. So, so nothing special sort of about the day yesterday. Um, but one can understand why the need for this. You know, Signoff operates in more than 50 different countries around the world, but the majority of them are European based, and in fact, 70. percent of their revenues are now sourced from from Europe and in euro terms a lot of that coming from east european markets as as well because of um, the complexity of the number of jurisdictions in which it operates uh, there was a little bit of a of a of a scare and a wobble on friday when steinoff announced that um, that the german tax authorities had actually been to raid their offices and, and and that they're busy with an investigation in terms of the tax affairs of steinoff but uh, the ceo market Mark Marcus Yester was quite quick to to point out that this is um, nothing untoward, that there's nothing material about it, and that really when a company operates in so many different tax jurisdictions, there's bound to be some questions about things like intercompany transfers, the values at which it's done, where the taxes are paid. Um, And and obviously with different countries also, they they have their different interpretations of tax laws and uh, so he is not concerned that this is a major issue. for sign-off, and I think it was it was prudent and in the light of the listing yesterday to really just disclose fully to the market on Friday. So on Friday, the sign-off share price took quite a quite a knock um, because of that. But yesterday, it recovered very nicely, and along with all our other major domestic, uh, major global industrial um, companies, sign-off also um, share price rose by almost three percent yesterday.